We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another Bring the Juice Colts podcast live stream. Guys, thank you for joining us on this beautiful Monday afternoon. It feels really freaking good to finally come onto this podcast knowing that the Colts got their first freaking win of the year, ladies and gentlemen. Feels great. Love it. Uh, really glad to be on here today. Got my friend Matt from Inside the Horseshoe Podcast. How you doing, my friend? Doing good. You know, it's nice to wake up and have uh, that feeling of being a winner. You know, that's <laughs> nice for once. I mean, the Colts didn't feel like losers the first week, but then again, we didn't feel right. like winners. So, you know, it's yeah, kind of a say we felt kind of nothing. Weird, it was a weird uh, mix of emotions that week, and. Then obviously everybody was uh, feeling like losers after uh, last week's game. But then yeah. obviously, like you said, with uh, this week, finally have some hope, feeling really freaking good about it. We got a ton of different things we can talk about here. But man, I mean, I'll tell you what, it, it was incredible to see what Indianapolis did uh, upsetting the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, Matt, I mean, what I think everyone, including even myself, you know, we're definitely saying that, you know, this team, we didn't think they would actually win. You know, I mean, this team came into this game with, you know, no expectation of winning this game because mm -hmm. of just how poorly they played against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now, I mean, I think that there's some hope here that the yeah. Colts have shown, hey, they actually do have a shot here of potentially winning you know not only this division but could potentially beat some great teams i mean mm -hmm. why is it that the colts do this to us every year bro for like I, so I, so so long every single time they come into the season they start off slow and then they beat a team that yeah. everyone said they're not supposed to beat but they beat them anyway 
Yeah, this is the Indianapolis Colts. You know, you tie to Houston, you lose to Jacksonville, but you beat Kansas City. It's the most Colts thing ever. But um, yeah, no, like you said, hardly anybody gave the Colts a chance. I, I made a video in my pregame video. I said, you know, I thought the Colts are going to lose by double digit digits. I just did not think they're going to have a chance. Um, what the defense did was exactly what I said they needed to do, but I didn't think they were going to do it because of how good Patrick Mahomes and that offense is. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it just feels good. It feels nice. You know, you, you just, you expect them to beat teams that they end up losing to, and then you, you expect them to lose the teams that they end up beating. It just, it happens every year. Well, and you know, with losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars week two came a lot of, Criticism, yeah. which, uh, you know, a lot of it was very warranted. You yeah. know, the majority of everyone, I think, was uh, insanely disappointed. I'm sure all the players, all the coaches, all the staff, and I'm sure the yeah. owner of the Indianapolis Colts was very upset by what was going on. And, of course, all the fans were very upset by that yeah. performance. It definitely did not give a lot of hope. But uh, this week, obviously after the win, you know, you had a couple of Colts players calling out uh, certain fans for mm-hmm. uh, being fair weather and, you know, yeah. keep the same energy. Now, I do yeah. want to show share this. I'm sure most people, anyone that has been on Twitter, and my brother literally just sent me this, literally just now as I was about to do this. And so this is Zaire saying, nah, keep that same energy right after uh, the win. You know, he was one of the big guys that came out and said something about this in the sense that, you know, you had a lot of Colts fans that were riding this team off, you know? And I mean, I think you and I, Matt, to a degree, were kind of in that same uh, aspect where we were like, man, we don't know where we're going to go from here because, you know, it felt like a very big uh, detriment, but I mean, he's definitely right. And if this also is throwing shade at me, then I totally get it. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it makes total sense. I mean, we rode this team off a lot uh, this last week. And to see them finally get it, you know, acting like, you know, everything's fixed. I mean, I can see where he's coming from with that. Yeah, I mean, I was more, even though I wasn't positive about the team, I was definitely more on the positive end um than like you and some others um like i wasn't calling frank reich's job or anything um and i i wasn't saying the season's over um like i saw some fans but you know i said we like like you said i had no idea what this team was you know because we all had these high expectations and it just it didn't look like those expectations were going to be met um Uh so i just i didn't know you know, I always said, hey, it's too early to fire Frank Reich. It's too early to make these big changes because it's only week three. So you never know what could happen. Um, I, I have to look and see, and I'm not saying this team's going to win a Super Bowl, but I, I got to see where the Colts in 06 started. Because I kind of remember, you know, that was a year where nobody was sure what they were going to do. They weren't as positive on them, even though they were still a good looking team than say other years, but that was the one year where they went on that run and they won a Super Bowl. But yeah, yeah. I, I just, I had no idea what was going to happen. Like you said, now I, I feel more positive about where this team could go. Well, yeah, I mean, you saw this team take a step forward and 
you know, maybe in some areas, some areas, no, they did not. In some areas, they actually took an even further step back. But for the most part, I mean, you know, people, people just are unsatisfied with this win. And it's weird because it's like in the NFL, you can't be unsatisfied with a win. You win, you win. It doesn't matter who you beat or how you beat them at the end of the day you have to be in a position to win that game in the first place. And I mean, the Colts did enough in this game to be able to win this game. And I mean, regardless of whether or not the chiefs were ready for it, or if they just didn't respect the Colts enough, regardless of the fact, I mean, I totally get it. Uh, Trevor Howard with the $2 super chat. Indy has issues, but this W is a good start. First off, Trev, thank you for the $2 super chat. And yes, absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, And you know what? I'm not losing my energy too much on this team. I mean, I'm glad that they want it. Obviously, there's still mistakes that need to be fixed on this team. And we're going to talk about that here shortly. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I, I will agree. There were a lot of fans that were saying like, you know, it's time to get rid of the whole regime altogether. You know, and I was getting close to it. I was like, man, if something doesn't change here, then, you know, I might have to feel the same way because, yeah, I mean, it it was a really, really upsetting start to the season when you should have won both of those games and then to lose in the fashion that you did. It was a very unfortunate thing. And, and, you know, I mean, the players, I'm assuming, all saw it. I'm, I'm sure they did. And it, it probably had a lot of fire in them. Hopefully, they continue to have that fire. Because yeah. you're going into these next couple of weeks, man. I mean, this season's not going to get any better. James Amati right. with the $5 Super Chat. Thank you very much. I'm upset that we were 1-1-1, one, one, and one, but that was a great win. And Jelani Woods and Matt Ryan had a great game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I totally, totally agree. Uh I mean, yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, good Lord, the freaking uh, rookies for the Indianapolis Colts in this game, man, especially offensively. You're talking about big boy AP, right? Big boy Jelani Woods, right? Two catches and both of them coming for touchdowns in moments where they absolutely needed them. Alec Pierce really helped move the ball down the field in very specific situations as well. I mean... For an offense that really struggled yesterday, Matt, I mean, it was really mm-hmm. great to see, you know, these rookies continue to show why they were drafted. Yeah, um, it was really good to see Jelani Woods get out there, you know, get a couple touchdowns. Alec Pierce, you know, making some big catches at crucial moments. Um, you know, and even Alec Pierce, three catches, but 61 yards. Oh, wow. Nice. Thank <laughs> you, AP. Um, Thank you, AP. But, uh, yeah, like those guys, they, they just came in. They did what they needed to do. Um, they made plays when they had to make them, and it really does make you more confident that if they can make plays in moments that they were able to do that, it should be a good sign for the rest of the season what they could do. And I really do hope Jelani Woods gets a little more involved as the season goes on. And Marquise is right. Colts did start – or uh, they started 9-0, finished 12-4 and and 6 But the reason why I was like, oh – you know, that was the one year that nobody really thought compared to the other years where nobody thought they were going to win a Super Bowl was, you know, they were 12 and four at worst, like every year from 03 to like 2009. And there were some real close games too in 06. 
Thank you to but the yeah. 114 people watching on YouTube right now. Make sure to hit that like button, guys. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. We got a yes. long show today. We're going to talk about the Colts, and we're going to talk about the rest of the teams going on around the league, and we're going to talk about a bunch of other things. So stick around, guys. It's going to be a long show, so we greatly appreciate you guys. And but, also, um, yeah. real quick, as far as another rookie, um, Rodney Thomas. Shout out to him mm. for making uh, some – Nice coming plays in when Blackman went down again, and yep, stepping in when it mattered, man. I mean, that pass breakup over the middle on that tight end, man. Whoo, yes. that could not have come at a better time, dude. If that didn't happen, that was an easy touchdown, and that game might have been put away. That game might have yes. been put away if that would have been a touchdown. That's so love to see it. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Overall, when you look at it, I mean, the wide receiver group in total, you know, wasn't too bad. Michael Pittman, eight receptions for 72 yards again. He was essential and especially late in the game at moving drives, right? Alec Pierce had a couple big catches. Uh, Hines had a few. Uh, Even though Kylan Granson, Kylan Granson had one catch that really helped move the drive uh, very well at the end. And shout out to freaking Kylan Granson as well. You know, for all the crap that we gave him throughout training camp of, you know, not really of really having a difficult time catching the ball and really elevating himself to yeah. that number two tight end status. And who knows where his status is going to be when it comes to mm-hmm. like the overall tight end group offensively. But right. yesterday, special teams wise, that man was everywhere on the field, man. I mean, he had that fumble recovery in the first quarter, helped secure that, had a couple tackles late in the game as well. I mean, shout out to Kylan Granson. You know, when the biggest of moments when they needed him to step up, he did step up and make plays, and that's what it felt like for Indianapolis all day yesterday was just guys stepping up. Yes, I'm really happy. Thank you, Hunter. Hunter, Go Irish. Um, Big win. But no, uh, anyway, to go back to Kylan, he – yeah, he made some big plays when he needed him to. Um, and look, if he doesn't really get a whole lot of time, you know, with the offense this year, he showed that he can be a reliable special teams player and really contribute and do some good things. So, um, yeah, no, I, I was really happy with what I saw from him yesterday. I mean, if you're going to give game balls to certain players, I think he deserves to have a game ball for sure because, you know, if he doesn't get that fumble recovery – then who knows what happens in the game. And if he doesn't pin him back at the one, who knows what happens too. So, or if he doesn't get the ball at the one yard line, I should say, then who knows what happens. So yeah, he, he was big on special teams. I'm really happy for him. And like I said, give him a game ball. He deserves one. It was one of them. Uh, And then obviously the special teams yesterday as well, really came in clutch in so many different areas. Now, I mean, of course, when you have uh, the Kansas City Chiefs missing some big kicks in that game. I mean, remember, those the Kansas City Chiefs really left seven points on the board uh, yesterday when you think of it in total. You know, they missed that extra point at the beginning of the game, and you missed the uh, field goal in the second quarter. Yeah. And then another thing with the special teams coming in to play was – you know, the Kansas City Chiefs going with a freaking fake. Uh, now, I mean, I'll yeah. be completely honest here, Matt. I want your perspective on this from a rational perspective on this because I didn't see the point in that. I didn't see the right. point in that because Kansas City, you knew 
that Indianapolis was not scoring, right? You knew Indianapolis at that point in time when you decided to do that. Up until that point, the only touchdown they had scored on you was Mm -hmm. the fact they were inside their own five-yard line at that point. You knew that offensively they could not handle you. So why is it that you wouldn't have just taken the three, would have put yourself up by a touchdown, and then it would have made you in a situation where you felt comfortable with their defense. And it wasn't like it was a 58-yard field goal. This was a 45-yard attempt that your kicker was definitely within his ability to make. And you went with the fake, and then you gave the Colts, in my opinion, gave the Colts life at the end of the game. Like that was, it felt to me like an unnecessary decision to make in that moment when you could have just taken the points. Yeah, I I think it was a mix of uh, Andy Reid, you know, trying to showcase, you know, that he has big balls as well as him uh, not really having as much confidence in the kicker because the kicker was missing kicks in the game. So, you know, in that situation, he was probably like, okay. We don't really have much confidence in this guy. He made one kick in total um, yesterday. That was it. Mm -hmm. He missed, like you said, an extra point. He missed a uh, field goal. So he was probably just, you know, trying to be cocky, you know, as uh, Chrono says. He he was being cocky. Um, Maybe he's trying to put the game away a little early, um, trying to pull out the big balls and uh, just not much confidence in the kicker. Yeah, that's really it, it must have been, right? To. It must have been because at this point, like, I mean, it just didn't seem logical to do that. Yeah. Now, of course, like, we have this debate almost every time there's a fourth down sort of trick play happening, yeah. right? Like, you get it, and then it's like, oh, my God, what a, what a genius, right? Yeah. Like, you, you, it's that argument every time. But And that, to the, the credit of that, that might have been true. Kansas City yeah. could have been up two possessions going into halftime. Um, or yeah. at the end of that game, and then it probably would have been over had they would have yeah. gotten it. But in that situation, it just felt like it was an unnecessary risk. But shout out to Bobby Okereke for making that play because yeah. if that was, if he was not there, then something would have happened. And yes. obviously, we saw uh, Shaquille Leonard's uh, reaction. Yeah. If you didn't see his reaction. For some weird reason, uh, I'm going to just go ahead and remind y'all of what his uh, reaction was to the stop here. Uh, Somebody wants to tell me that this man right here with that kind of reaction does not have a passion for the game anymore. Yeah, he clearly doesn't look like somebody there, Matt, that looks like he doesn't want to play football. Yeah, he doesn't love football. He fell out of love. He still doesn't love it. He doesn't love it. He He, doesn't love playing anymore. He doesn't want to play. I mean, yeah, yeah, that looks like he's just yelling that he doesn't like football. That's what he's doing. I hate it. You know, that looks like a guy that if there was a wall right here on this side of him, he would have just ran right freaking through it. (laughs) That looks like somebody that would have that would have just ran through a brick wall for his guys right there. So I love it, man. I love it. I'm glad that they showed that moment. That was huge. It showed the, and that's, and that's the crazy part is what we're, we're going to talk about the defense here shortly, but Mm -hmm. the defense did that without that energy on the field, without that guy on the field. Right. I mean, that just goes to show you, I mean, again, what this defense can become if they, 
that's the first time in Gus Bradley's career that he was actually able to shut down Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And he did it in this game without his best defensive player, without two of his best defensive players in this game because Blackman went out mm-hmm. in the second quarter. So, I mean, that that's hilarious, man. I, I love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, he he clearly loves football, and I, I think he's back this upcoming Sunday. I said I that about the game last be. week, but I, I think he's close enough to where as long as he practices in full these next uh, few practices, he should play against Tennessee, and we're going to need yeah. him. I think they said – I don't remember who it was that said this, but they were wanting to get like – you know, like nine to 10 full practices with him. And mm-hmm. so far he's had like seven. So, yeah. you know, I think that if he goes full throughout the rest of the week, this this upcoming week, after seeing what transpired with the defense last week, I think it's uh-huh. really going to give him extra motivation to want to be back on the field with his guys. So yes. look for Shaquille Leonard to pr- pretty much be back against Tennessee and especially against Tennessee when, you know, that's a big one coming up, right? I mean, that's a big one. That's the divisional uh, opponent, and you failed to win a game against your first two. You really Mm got to win this one. You really got to win this one because this one feels like an even bigger game than the Chiefs game, right? Because it's a divisional game at the end of the day. So, yeah, hopefully they expect to uh, see him back. Yeah, uh, that's going to be big. I, I think he'll be back. I'll be shocked. I said the same thing last week. Like I said earlier, I, I said I would be shocked if he didn't play in the Kansas City game. And, uh, you know, obviously he didn't play in it. So I will be really <laughs> surprised though if he doesn't play in the Tennessee game. I think it's too big of a game to where even if he's like at, if they want him to be at 100%, if he's like at 90, 95% play. Yeah. And I mean, shout out also to, uh, Chris Jones for helping our team out yes. a little bit uh, yesterday. I don't know what he said. Uh, I don't know what he said to him, but at the end of the day, uh, I think that he said he had to have said something racist. Yeah. I feel like in that bad. moment, I feel like it had um, to have been something really bad in order for them to call an unsportsmanlike conduct on it. Yeah. Um, and I guess my, no, I was listening to, um, Kevin and Query, when I yeah. woke up, I, I listened um, to them, you know, when at work. And since I was up early enough, I figured I listened to them. And uh, they mentioned that I think one of Kansas City's uh, beat writers or, you know, somebody that, you know, works in the Kansas City area asked one of the refs or the main ref about what, you know, mm-hmm. was said. And all the ref said was it was aggressive language. And he wouldn't really go into details. Yeah, Chris he wouldn't Jones go into detail, which upset. again makes you think that uh, it, again it could have been either something racist yeah. or it could have been uh, something that was kind of a low blow in a way. Yeah, you know, and, like I mean, you, uh, I mean, I could imagine. You know, we hear trash talk all the time, right? But you know, somebody saying you effing suck or something like is not yeah. gonna. I don't no. imagine is gonna get a, a flag called on it it obviously had to have been something very egregious in order for them yeah. to throw a flag in that moment in time, knowing that that play might've ended the game had that yeah. flag not gone out. Yeah. I mean, I guess in uh, his uh, 
press conference after the game, um, Chris Jones didn't seem like he was like angry that there was a flag thrown. It seemed like, yeah, he, he knew that was the right call. Um, I mean, and I mean, Jake brought this up on the morning show. It, it could have been something where Chris Jones called Matt Ryan, you know, when he was talked to him, he dropped the end bomb and the NFL has made it clear that you can't use that in games. And maybe that was the case where maybe he's like, yeah, we, we got you. And then he, he dropped the end. Yeah, Some like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if that he was, was what my immediate thought was, was like, he had to have said something racist at him yeah. in order to get that he's, to be thrown. Cause yeah, I mean, because, you know, the NFL doesn't want to throw it for those because that's very, um, you know, it's very tip or tap when it comes to that. But, I mean, obviously the ref standing from pretty far away. And it's not like, you know, yeah. Chris Jones was, you know, up in his face, like trying to scream at him and whatnot. But yeah. obviously they were face to face. And yeah. if something was something was said and it was bad enough. So, you know, we'll leave you guys to speculate what you think that might be. But, uh, and you know what? I'll say this. If you guys don't like the stream, I actually know what he said. And if you guys don't like the stream, I won't tell you. So you got to make sure you like the stream in order to find out what Chris Jones said to, uh, Matt Ryan at the end of the game. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe this was payback for the stupid two point conversion. Yeah, you know, bro, that's kind of like that's, karma. Bro, I tweeted this. I tweeted this yesterday. Hold on. Let me find this. I need to find my tweet because I tweeted this right after. And this is so stupid. Hold on a second. Where is this tweet? I retweeted and tweeted so much from uh, today and yesterday that I can't even find it anymore. <laughs> Hold on. Uh <laughs> Okay, hold on. I'm still looking, 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 looking. There it is. Okay, I got it. Here we go. I, I tweeted something about the replay from yesterday, and this is it. Abolish yeah. replay if you can't get it right. Like, seriously. Like, I mean, it, it, yeah. it makes no sense why you can't get a replay right. It makes no sense whatsoever. Like, it's so stupid. He his yeah. knee touched the freaking ground, and that ball never crossed the plane. No, it didn't. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Um, he, when it was an end zone, at first he didn't have full control. Once he got full control, and his knee touched the ground, the ball never crossed the plane. I would have loved. I would have loved had they explained why. Uh, I would have loved to have it, for them to explain how he actually got it. Why does it stand? Why does it stand? <laughs> he actually crossed the plane. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't like when did he cross the plane? Cause I want to know. Cause I didn't see it. He obviously didn't, but it's like, why, why? Like if you can't get a replay, right. Just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. Yeah. I would much rather us say that replays design purpose is for you to make the most accurate call possible. Yes. And not, it's almost like the refs are too embarrassed or too prideful to to go back on a decision they made like right. that's what the replay's there for like that's the whole point we're not going to hold it against you for changing a call when it's clearly the right call just just call it man yeah it, it was it was dumb and and like Lawrence said there's multiple replays yesterday that you know were 
just screwed up. Oh, yeah. Shout out to my guy, Lawrence Owen, as well, yesterday. Anyone that was in the stream yesterday would know that Lawrence and his uh, guy, Loyalist, that they uh, were in my stream yesterday doing the live play-by-play for me while Cody and I were currently unavailable. I was traveling yesterday, and Cody was just out of uh, out of his apartment at the time. Yeah. So uh, shout out to you guys. I think we had close to 700 people or something in uh, in here at one point. So That's greatly crazy. appreciate those guys helping me out yesterday. Chris Jones said, I like how it feels when my socks are wet. <laughs> That's what got the flag. <laughs> R-W-J-E-H-S. Can't even pronounce his name, but he dropped a couple good ones. That you wash dishes with long sleeves. That's what got me earlier. But yeah, he that two point discuss, uh that two point conversion was ridiculous. I thought Ray Charles was reincarnated and became a ref. Right, sweet. Um, so yeah, when we uh when we talk about here, let me uh let me throw this uh ad in here real quick and then we'll hop back in. We'll keep talking about the offense. Be back in two minutes, guys, after an ad read. Don't go anywhere. We'll talk more about this offense and some things that need to keep improving. What's going on, everybody? Today I want to talk to you about our sponsor, BetStamp. Now I know what you're thinking, Derek, another betting app. What is so different about this one now? Well, I got to tell you guys, I'm not into online gambling a whole lot and bets online and everything, but I got to tell you, BetStamp is one of the coolest things I have ever seen in regards to betting online. The great thing about BetStamp is it allows you to see all the different odds from all different sports books and see which one provides you the best odds possible for any game or scenario you want to bet on for your pick versus some of the worst. BetStamp allows you to also buy and sell picks that you have without worrying about losing your money or having any issues with it. Believe me, it's all free. I mean, look at this, guys. You have an option for every game across all different kinds of leagues in a ton of different ways. You have baseball, you have college football, UFC, NBA, and NFL. Great for the NFL season now being here. And if I wanted to bet on this Tennessee Titans versus Buffalo Bills game, it shows me in real time what are the best odds, which sports book I'm going to get the best offer from versus some of the worst ones. Because why would you want to spend what get earn less money from points bet when you could be winning more from ProLine Plus? Again, a great thing that BetStamp offers you, allowing you to make more money for the same pick just with a different sports book. How easy is that? And the great thing is, is there's not just games. There's player props, there's game props, there's lines, there's live tracking. There's a ton of great ways to make bets and picks on BetStamp, guys. Totally a cool thing to use. I highly encourage you to check it out if you're into any kind of online betting. Even if you're not, give it a check. See what you like about it because I think I actually enjoy using it. But the best way to get an edge on online sports betting is having multiple accounts at different sports books. Be sure to... Hit the bet link page, betstamp.app slash onboarding. Be sure to check out the BetStamp app or online and be sure to use 
the referral code JUICE, plug in your state, and you'll get access to all their affiliates and their prices once you open up seeing all states' lines. Be sure to check this out, guys. You won't want to miss it for the best odds on your next sports bet. Sweet. Hey, guys, just before we get started with uh, talking about the uh, offense here the rest of the way, thought this was a very interesting tweet as well. Uh, Matt and I were talking about it right before we went into this. Uh, according to Ohio State AD Gene Smith, LeBron still has NCAA eligibility in any other sport besides basketball, which if he wanted, he could potentially play tight end at Ohio State. Be insane to see an NBA Hall of Fame player play college football, being a billionaire as an NBA player. Listen, Matt, you and I said already, I mean, amazing how funny that would be that if King James, one of the greatest uh, sports icons that we have ever known, decides to go back to college, never even went to college in the first place, but goes back to college and starts playing some freaking football at the age of 38, 39 years old. I mean, listen, we've seen we've seen people do it. We've yeah. seen some pl- people come in at in their 40s, especially recently, mm-hmm. and have played football for some Division II schools. Like, could we see LeBron James actually play for Ohio State at one point? I think he wants to. I think he wants to play football. I just don't, I don't think it's actually going to happen, but it'd be funny. Um, when his son goes to college, if he goes to Ohio State, LeBron goes to Ohio State to play football. That'd be pretty funny. Um, but no, nah, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen, at least not when he's playing basketball. Maybe when he retires, he just says, screw it. I'm going to go. Retires at the age of like 40. If, probably after 45. He's played one year with his, uh, with his son. Yeah. He'll do that and then he'll go and, uh, play football for a year. <laughs> I it's it's funny to think about. Obviously, that'll be something everybody will talk about for a while, but don't think it's going to happen, but Yeah. Let's kind of talk here a little bit about some of the let's talk about some of the things that uh the Colts offense did not uh do very good um yesterday. Uh let's start with Matt Ryan here. Yeah. Um start with Matt Ryan and the offensive line. So there was still another issue there yesterday where I think everyone kind of saw it that, you know, this offensive line still has a lot of freaking problems. Yeah. It's got a lot of problems right now. And, you know, we keep hearing the same argument, right? That this is the top paid offensive line in, uh, in the entire NFL. And yet, you know, we're still allowing Matt Ryan to be sacked within 0.5 seconds right? There were multiple times when Ryan Kelly just would let people go straight by him in the middle of the field and he wouldn't even chip them or block them. And there were times where Matt Ryan's getting sacked when Ryan Kelly isn't even holding anybody. Uh, And then obviously I think people uh, blew over the Danny Pinter thing that happened too much. I think every once in a while, Frank Clark has one of those sacks you know, Frank yeah. Clark is still a very serviceable defensive lineman in this league. You know, just right. two, three years ago was one of the top defensive linemen in the entire NFL. And, you know, I mean, it happened one time. And then, you know, the offensive line, especially in the first half, was really bad. But yes. um, 
And then I hear people, you know, trying to tell me that there is some miscommunication going on between Matt Ryan and this offensive line, meaning like maybe either Ryan is not dissecting the blitzes the way that they're supposed to be coming in or that mm-hmm. he should have audibled out to a different play so that the offensive linemen don't uh, miss their blocking assignments, things of that nature. I I do want to hear from everyone in the comments as well at what you guys believe, uh, what you guys believe in that because I want to know what you believe, but – I mean, at the end of the day, for me personally, Matt, I thought that when I was looking at it, and we have Max, who's joining the team, he's going to be dissecting the film today, and he's going to yeah. be letting me know uh, more about what was going on with the offensive line. But, I mean, I look at it from the perspective of, I think even Romo said it on the broadcast, that there was a miscommunication between Ryan and the some of the offensive linemen. Me mm-hmm. personally, I just don't see it because... I mean, it's not like Ryan Kelly was, you know, having a difficult time blocking some of these guys. He was yeah. blatantly not blocking at all on certain gaps. Like these these nickels and these linebackers and these corners were blitzing in the A gap. And yeah. and and Ryan Kelly was just not blocking them. I don't right. understand like what was it? So yesterday, yesterday, and we'll talk about this again with the defense as well. Yesterday, the average time that Mahomes had throwing the football was 3.6 seconds. That's the second mm-hmm. long that's the second longest time he has ever had to hold on to the football in a game. He yeah. averaged in the first two weeks 2.4. I mean, that's a huge right. jump. So that defense did a great job coverage-wise of covering the receivers, allowing the the linebackers and the defensive linemen for Indianapolis to go and get the sacks. But Matt Ryan's, he was averaging 2.5 seconds. That was the sixth fastest time in the NFL all week. And yet somehow he was still sacked five times. I mean, and hit 10 times. Like, I I don't understand, like, how a lot of people keep saying, that it's a miscommunication issue. Like, right. if it is a miscommunication issue, I don't think it's with Ryan and Kelly. I think it's just a miscommunication with the entire offensive line in general because right. either the offensive line coach is not teaching them well about their gap responsibilities. I mean, me personally, as a center in high school, I just I always knew that if there was a, if there is a person lined up in the A gap, regardless of which side it is, that's your job yeah. as a center to not allow anyone to come through the A gap. But the problem was Danny Pinter was getting blown up by Chris Jones so much in that game that Ryan Kelly was just ignoring anyone on his backside A gap and was just protecting Chris Jones. And then Nelson never come came over and then mm-hmm. the – corner would just blitz and then in 0.5 seconds Matt Ryan's going down so yeah what's your take on it because obviously the offensive line looked atrocious again yesterday yeah um definitely was not happy with the offensive line maybe a couple plays there was some miscommunication I don't think there was very much though if I'm going to be honest with Matt Ryan and the offensive line um maybe a couple plays at the very most um but yeah I I think um 
it's just not a good offensive line. I think you got to mix it up. Um, I, I know somebody brought up on Twitter, and I agree with them, maybe you put uh, Bernard Ryman in at left tackle, and then you move well, and of Fryer course, right Ryman was not available for this game. Yeah, as we yeah but when he's back, um, when he's back and he's ready, start him at left tackle, move prior to right guard, maybe start, you know, tinkering with the offensive line, or maybe just start, you know, Fries at right guard. Because honestly, you might have I think... to start Fries. I mean, I don't think it could get a whole lot worse. And yeah. Fries has already shown that, you know, Fries has already shown he can step into that role. And yeah. uh, Lawrence saying the same thing, right side of the line, uh, uh, the right side of the line, I assume he means left side of the line, uh, mm. play really good with Pryor and Nelson. Yeah, I didn't see a ton of issues on the left side of the line. Yeah. Like, most of it came from the right side. But Kelly and Smith did not play to expectations. Yeah, uh, right. that's, that's definitely true. So um, maybe plug in Will Fries next week, see how well the offensive line does. Like, I like Danny Pinter as a backup center or even at times a, backup guard. a starting like, center. But mm-hmm. I just don't think he's a right guard. Like, I don't think he's a good fit there, or and, at least with this offensive line. And I think that – I don't um, think he's ready. I think what we've heard from the Colts coaching staff and some other people is that you have a couple new pieces on the offensive line, right? And sometimes it's important to make sure that those guys get some cohesiveness with each other, right? And that was very apparent in the first game of the season, right? When the Texans were running stunts and sometimes the Colts did not pick them up very well. That's where the cohesiveness comes into play. But what we're talking about is the fact that, you know, it's not about the cohesiveness at this point. It's about being able to play the position. And right now, Ryan Kelly is not playing the position well. Right now, Danny Pinter is not playing the position well. Right now, Braden Smith is not playing the position well. So, you know, it's one of those situations the Colts should have kept Reed or yeah. or Glow. They it's had big brain to. moves by letting was, them go. It was it was a terrible decision to let both yeah. of them go, and yeah. they're paying the price for it right now because you know you're saying that your guy who you drafted in the fifth round two years ago, you're saying now is the guy that you know can step in and he hasn't done a good job so far. Yeah, and then your backup, you're saying you uh, could potentially replace him, but the problem is is that is Will Fries the answer? I mean, right. I don't think he is, but at the end of the day, you know, you're in a in a situation where you're really hurting yourself because you let these quality offensive linemen go for not yeah. wanting to pay one of them 2 or 3 million dollars. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just, where did Chris Reed even go? To the Vikings? Yeah, he went back home. For like what? Minnesota. 4 or 5 million dollars? Something. And I mean, they It wasn't it even a just, lot. Right, and he might have just wanted to go to Minnesota. I think that's where he's from. So it could have been like a he was going to leave no matter what if Minnesota offered. But Galinsky, I thought he was, out of all the starters, like the most consistent last year. Like he never really had any issues last year. But for some reason, we let him go. Yeah. Does he want to save was... money? It's definitely coming back to haunt them right now. Uh, The pass blocking still is a huge issue. And, you know, it it was crazy because 
I'm torn on the Matt Ryan experiment right now, Matt. I don't know about you, but I mean, we saw what Matt Ryan could do with yeah. a with a uh, clear pocket, right? Yeah. When we saw him with a clear pocket being able to throw the football, he had some throws that I'm sure he wishes he had back. There was a couple right. of those, and yeah. sometimes that happens. I think that like a couple of us were uh, very upset in the moment of. Uh, hold on one second. Oh, yep. The bots are here again. Gosh, dang it. Um, but I think that the, uh, I think most of us were just upset at the fact yeah. that he missed a couple of throws. Cause you know, we're wanting to see it get better. Right. But yes. we saw like in the times when he had the chance to throw, he made the throws that mattered, Right. And yeah. it helped move the, the, the field a little more. And that's like where I'm torn about it because Matt Ryan is missing throws at times when he has a clean pocket. But then again, this offensive line has been so atrocious through the first three weeks of the season. I'm yeah. wondering if Matt Ryan just isn't able to dial in the way he wants because in the back of his mind is wondering if he can even throw the football at all, right? right. I mean, he's been just getting killed back there behind the Colts offensive line right now. Yeah. And it just seems to be a really bad situation. Yeah, for me, I, I think yesterday showed as well as the Houston game. If you give Matt Ryan like good protection, he's going to make good decisions. Yeah, there might be some throws that aren't the best. And there might be some throws that he wishes he could take back. But you give him time, he can make plays. Like, honestly, I think if this offensive line can improve and get better, this offense is going to be good. Like I, I have no doubt about that at all. Um, I mean, look at the Houston game. Like you have Matt Pryor or Matt Pryor. Uh, it's because I saw Pryor right there. Yeah. Um, but in the Houston game, like there was a lot of people going into the season saying, Oh, Matt Ryan doesn't have a good arm. That ball was flying out of his hand in the Houston game, as well as, you know, other games this year, like with, this past game he can get that ball out quick it's just you got to yeah. give him time to throw the football and, and i and i agree with the prior at right guard because that was where he yeah. started his career i feel like that would be a great idea because yeah. prior would being a massive body in the middle i feel like he could handle that situation right yeah. i mean that would be great because then you can have pinter be the backup the primary backup at almost any position right i mean yeah. he can play almost any position for you and then you would still have, you know, some uh, quality depth uh, at every single spot. And I just feel like, right. yeah, that right side of that all O-line, something needs to happen. Uh, yeah. Because, again, outside of Nelson, there has not been a single moment in time where we have said, this guy is uh, doing his job well. There's yeah. not a single one. And that's very, very scary because Kelly has not looked good. Uh, he has not looked good. And obviously yeah. Pinter has not looked good. Smith has not looked good, which is really tragic because we're paying him $18 million a year. And yeah. obviously the left tackle position, we're all wanting the backup to play right now. Right. So yeah. in that situation, and then also the run blocking was atrocious yesterday too. I mean, yeah. that was, that was not a great performance. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, 21 carries for 71 yards, uh, 3.4 yards per carry. Taylor trying to do whatever he could. 
I'll just say this. Yeah. I, I was completely shell-shocked when Jonathan Taylor thought it would be a smart idea to jump from three yards away on a fourth yeah. down and one and try and hop the, the team. Like, listen, yeah. Jonathan, I, I love you, man. And obviously we all make mistakes on runs, but that was clearly not one of your smartest decisions to yeah, jump from three yards away and think that you could uh, run through somebody by being in the air. Like, yeah. It just, it just wasn't a smart decision. And of course, if the offensive line got any push, then, you know, then it wouldn't have had to have been that in the first place. Right. And then on right. top of it, uh, and then on top of that, you remember the next fourth down, you remember what happened the next fourth down that the Colts had, what did they run? QB sync. Exactly. Like, why can't we do that every single freaking time? We know Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly. If you get a double team with Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson, it never fails. Never. I've never once seen a time when Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson get stuffed by somebody. I don't care if it's Aaron Donald. I don't care if it's DeForest Buckner. I don't care if it's Chris Jones. There is not a defensive tackle in the NFL that is going to stuff that block when there's those two double teaming them. So that is an easy one yard if they did that every time. But for some reason, again, Frank Wright just not like, understanding the scenario of when it was literal inches, when it was literal inches we needed to get on that play too. You see Quentin Nelson on the replay, just like dive forward and knock, you know, a guy over and open up a, a spot for Matt Ryan to kind of jump right into. Um, But yeah, that's what they need to do. If you're going to go for on fourth and one fourth and inches, do QB sneak. That's what you need to do. Don't yeah, pass it. Inches, do it. You know. Like obviously, if it's fourth and two or fourth and three, and you're going for it, I I, I understand differently. But yeah, like fourth and but, one, yeah, just run the damn QB sneak, bro. Yeah, don't be cute. Like, just, if you can't get a yard on a QB sneak, then okay, fine. You yeah. you you proved your point that your your offensive line's not getting any push. But yeah. to do a run play in that scenario. Just especially when you're, you know, your offensive line is not doing well. Like that's just a, that is just a, a a simple, just misunderstanding of, of, of um, underrepresenting your players because you as the coaches should know that your players are not doing their job very well at getting pushed on this defensive line. So why would you, insist on making your job harder by running the football in a situation where you know you haven't been able to run the football all day. Yeah. Or passing <laughs> it on that first fourth down. Well, and that look, they went you for know it. what? And and that's the one thing I hated it about Matt Ryan that day. That's what got me so fuming. He stared down Michael Pittman when if he had saw the delay blitz off the right mm-hmm. side, Paris Campbell was open the whole way. There was right. not a moment in time where Paris Campbell was not open on that play, but it was a designed play specifically to Pittman. And when Pittman was not open, by the time he recognized that Campbell was open, the guy's yeah. already in his face. So yeah. that's the problem. It's like, it's not the fact that I hated the play. I didn't hate the play. I just I, hated how they executed it. Matt Ryan, just, you've got to understand, man, if that play, if you're not able to get that ball out in the first half second, you need to look your other way immediately. Paris Campbell yeah. was open the whole way on that. So, yeah, I mean, that is true, but still, 
if you're going to be in that position, just sneak it. Uh, Coke is better than Pepsi. Uh, Pepsi is just like, I, I, like it's you know fine. I, I like Pepsi. I love Coke me a nice Pepsi every once in a while, man. Yeah, I'm, I'll I'm drink like, a Pepsi. Certain things are really freaking good with Pepsi. Yeah, like I go to the theater and, you know, they don't have Coke there. They have Pepsi. I get a large drink. I get my Pepsi. I, you know, I get some ice. I'll say this. Drink it. It, if I'm getting fried chicken, I want a Pepsi. If I'm going to a movie yeah. theater with a popcorn, I'm getting a Coke. Yeah, my so, my theater know. only has Pepsi. That's the deal that they signed. <laughs> I um, mean, we could we could have that discussion at some point. I mean, you know, Dr. Pepper or Coke? Oh, Dr. Pepper. 100 percent Dr. I, Pepper I, I is better like better Pepper. on average than Coke. I do I like say Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper in specific situation and almost every situation is God tier. Yeah. It's God tier. And look, I can't drink Mountain Dew anymore. I used to drink Mountain Dew like crazy. But I stopped drinking Mountain Dew for a long time. And what people say is true. If you go back to Mountain Dew after like a year or two of not having Mountain Dew, it, it really does taste like straight horse piss. It really does. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. It's horrible now. I, I used to. That's what it. this is about to turn into here, yeah. S'mores. <laughs> hey, we, we still got to do the breadsticks. Bro, that Yeah, we still got to do the breadsticks one. I, I still got to do that at some point. I'll buy something at some point bro yeah. mcdonald's sprite though yes oh my god McDonald's listen sprite, like, McDonald's if, Coke. if sprite. you need something in the morning to wake your ass up <laughs> I do the like mcdonald's it. sprite will do it for you dude yep <laughs> I, I really do like sprite what up? What's up um so yeah we talked about obviously so matt ryan didn't look great but he did okay you know, it, yeah. he did fine. Um, ironically enough, still posted a one point a one hundred and six uh, QBR yeah. after during that game. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I thought he played good. It's just he made a couple. Well, QBR was fifty seven point six. His actual QB rating was uh, yeah. one hundred and six. So, I mean, you know, given all things considered, I thought he did okay. Yeah. Um, just ultimately didn't have a lot of time was sacked five times for 45 yards. So, yeah, you know, it, it was it was not a great day because, you know, he felt like he wasn't going to have time to do anything. Running-wise, you know, they did enough to be able to make things work, but obviously wasn't a great day. I will say this. Um, the Colts have had a long history of starting the year off slow when it comes to the rushing game. Yeah. I mean, we saw what happened last year with Jonathan Taylor, right? His first three games of the season, he – was about at the same pace of what he is now. He didn't have quite the same amount of rushes, but mm-hmm. average wise, it was about where he was last year. So yeah, if you're, if you're a Colts fan looking uh, on the up and up, like we are, you're assuming yeah. that at some point they're going to start getting, you know, they're going to start elevating his play. Yeah. But, it's just, you know, the, the, the wide receivers and everything. I mean, dude, I don't know what in the hell is going to happen with Paris Campbell. It's like, I don't know why in the world they never get him involved in this offense. Is he really just not like being trusted by anyone because he can't get open or are they just neglecting using him in the system? I I think it's a second, you know, I, I, I honestly, it might even be a mix of the two, you know, or who knows, maybe it's just taken him a little bit longer to get back into it. Maybe he has that thought in his head of, I don't want to get hurt. 
So I got to play it safe. And maybe once he gets past that, you know, he gets better. I don't know. But he's got to get better, and he's got to get better quick because if he doesn't, he's not going to be back next year. I, I honestly, especially with uh, some of the guys that I believe are going to be in this draft class next year, are some good receivers. And oh, yeah. they might just draft a receiver. They may not draft a quarterback. They might go ahead and they just might draft another receiver in the first round. But it's Chris Ballard, so he'll probably draft an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, or a tight end. Which, if it's Michael Mayer, I would not be upset about. I just, yeah, I, I don't I don't understand why Reich does not want to get him involved. Like we said that this guy has the ability that when the ball is in his hands, he can create a lot of mismatches and his speed is like second to none. And yeah. yet somehow, some way, they just refuse to get the ball in his hands. I don't understand. Right. I Especially don't early in the game. Like when you're trying to throw some fancy crap out, like why is it, why can't we ever see something? Like yeah. why can't we ever see a seam? Why can't we ever see a, a screen? Why can't we ever see a, uh, why can't we ever see a jet sweep, right? Like yeah. one of those jet sweeps out to the edge where he gets the ball and then those feet just go to work, right? Yeah. And this also goes back to the play calling from earlier uh, in that game. Frank Reich, for the love of freaking God, stop throwing screen passes on a third and seven. Yeah. Stop doing that. It has never worked. It no. won't work. I don't care how good your wide receivers block. Stop running screens on third and long. Yeah. Stop. And, and the issue is the receivers aren't even doing that great at blocking. No, when they, they do never it. gain separation. Like it's no. it never fools anyone. The the screens for the Indianapolis Colts is so predictable that it, it never works. Yeah. Like when's the last time you saw a really good screenplay? from Indianapolis. They run like five or six of them a game and it works one time. Like yeah. it, you're not supposed to run those things a ton. It, it, they they're supposed right. to fool you and it never fools anyone. Yeah. Like if it's third and one, okay, fine. Do a screen there. Okay. I'm fine with that. But yeah, third and seven, third and long. Don't, don't do it. Like Mo, he just can't really block for some reason. That's something it seems like he's struggling with. Um, it just, it's not really working out. I mean, they just, they got to be better at blocking, like with the receivers and offensive line, if it's going to work out. And I just don't really see it happening. But yeah, I mean, Mo or Mo, uh, Paris Campbell's got to improve though, because I, I looked at some of the guys that are going to be available next year. Um, watch out for Josh Downs. If uh, Paris Campbell doesn't improve, I could see them drafting Josh Downs to replace Paris Campbell. I, I just want to, I, I love, I just, I know, I understand that people are saying Paris needs to start stepping up. Well, the offense needs to do a better job of getting him involved. Like not every, there's no other person on the uh, roster that people are saying this guy needs to step up because you know, the offense mm -hmm. isn't doing well because of him. Like he's the only one I'm hearing that from like, get right. him involved They've got to find some way to actually utilize him. And, you know, right. the problem is, is that him being able to take the top off a of defense, they never have time to throw the football to him. 
You know why? Because right. the offensive line sucks. So, yeah. you know, it's just one of those situations where they're using him as a decoy rather than yeah. actually utilizing him in the offense. And it's another weapon that the Colts are just not utilizing offensively. And yeah. it's really, it's really triggering me. Yeah. It, Maybe it, it's a trust thing. Like you said, I just don't just understand that because Matt Ryan in the first two weeks of training camp was hitting right him down. more frequently than Michael Pittman. Like, right. I mean, even on the 30 yard passes down the field, Campbell was still getting those right. Like where did the trust go in a matter of two weeks? Right. Like Paris Campbell's been on the field. He's been there. Mm-hmm. He's been on the field just as much as almost any other player on this roster, but he's never yeah. being used. Right. I, I don't know, but hopefully he gets understand. involved more. He was um, on the field 78% of the time yesterday yeah. and was targeted twice. Yeah. I mean, if like, they're not going to use them as much, then have them off the field more and putting guys like Doolin because they're clearly using Doolin more. And Doolin's doing well. So if you're not going to use them much, putting guys that you're utilizing yeah. until and again that's are ready to utilize that's offensive table. personnel decision making. Yeah. And that is on the coaching again. Yeah. So again, that's another thing we need to talk about with the yeah. offensive uh coaching, but that'll be for another time. But let's yeah. kind of go into this defense here for a minute. Yeah. Uh, because that was the big story of this entire team is that the defense really found a way to uh, get to Patrick Mahomes a little bit more in this game. Uh, Only sacked him once, but Mm -hmm. nevertheless, you'd have felt like it was a lot more in this game. Actually intercepted him for the first time this season. Uh, I think it was, I think it was 18 touchdowns since his last interception, which is truly incredible uh, to think about when, Hold on one second. I oh, know you're good. But no, I, I mean, I was personally happy with uh, the pressure that they were able to get on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, they, they sacked him the one time, like you said, but they were getting back there. You yeah, know, they, they were they getting were more constant pressure. And I think, uh, and here's here's a shout out. Here's a special shout out. Yannick Ngakwe. Yes. We really... We really, really dogged on him through the first two weeks. He really wasn't getting home at all through the first two weeks. There were multiple times yesterday when he was in the backfield getting involved with Patrick Mahomes. After his first sack in that uh, second quarter, if I'm not mistaken, I think later that next drive, there was another play when the Chiefs were driving and Patrick Mahomes was going back in a play action he was scrambling out to the right and he looked back and he sees Yannick Ngakwe coming up right behind him, which was very yeah. similar to the first sack that happened. It was almost identical. And mm-hmm. Mahomes, even though Yannick was two, three yards behind him, wasn't even close to him, he still fell to the ground and attempted to throw even when he was falling down. Yeah. So that alone, it, it doesn't count as a sack. But that's the kind of thing that got to Patrick Mahomes yesterday. He was afraid for the moment that he was going to get sacked, and it impacted his ability to actually make throws. And there was another one as well where where Yannick got his hand on Patrick Mahomes' arm 
Now, there was pass interference called on Zaire Franklin for that play, even though there was, even though Yannick definitely got his hand on Mahomes, and that was why the ball right. never got there. Another freaking bot. Um, but that's that's what we were talking about, right? Is and yeah. shout out to DeForest Buckner as well, because without him, that first sack from Yannick would have never happened in the first place because he right. forced him to go backwards. And Yannick was there to make that play. So again, great job by DeForest Buckner getting pressure. Yes. You're right. It said we said it earlier. Uh, he was pressured on 38 percent of his snaps. Very yes. similar to what it was like in the Super Bowl two years ago with him and the Buccaneers. That was very similar pressure to what he was feeling there. And it went to show you again if you got into his face just a little bit then that's enough to throw him off just a little bit. And it was enough to get the, the keep the game around. And I mean, I loved it. I loved that. We finally yes. saw this team without blitzing finally got something done in the uh, pass rush category. Yeah. I was happy with Quiddy pay, you know, yesterday I thought he did some good stuff and then just all year and Mr. Colts, uh, he brought it up in the comments, Grover Stewart, all year has been really, really good for us, and uh, especially in the run game. He's a big reason why the Colts' defense is as good against the run as it has been up to this point. Um, because even though, um, you know, the season wasn't going the way that we wanted it to, Grover Stewart, you know, was still balling out, and this team was doing a good job against the run game. Yeah, watch, watch as well this as play right here by Grover. Right here, right guard just absolutely blows him off the line of scrimmage. This is something Grover Stewart's been doing all season. And yeah. it it's, goes unnoticed because it's not pass rushing. But it was a big reason why the Kansas City Chiefs were unable to run the football yesterday. I mean, yeah. look at the look at the totals. They had 23 carries for 58 yards. And Patrick Mahomes was their leading rusher. Patrick Mahomes is their leading rusher with 26 yards. Their number one uh, running back had their only touchdown, uh, rushing touchdown that game, but he had zero yards, seven carries for zero yards. And again, yeah. this Indianapolis Colts defense, we talked about, you know, potentially them not having uh, a great season stopping the run, Matt. It's been yeah. the exact opposite. This Colts defense is second if not first in total rush defense so far through the first three weeks of the season. So again, the Colts continuing to do that and big part due to Grover Stewart. And you certainly hope that what you saw from Yannick, from Lewis, from Odangbo, from, uh, and you know what? I don't think that uh, one sack is totally accurate. I definitely think mm -hmm. there was a few more sacks in there that I don't think ESPN is accounting for. They're probably playing favorites there as well. Cause I could have sworn that either Dio or Lewis got a sack on him as well uh, in that game, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, uh, cause I could have sworn Dio had one. Right. Yeah. I, I think Dio. Yeah. I think Dio and, uh, and qu either Quiddy or, um, or and Lewis got involved in it as well, one way or another. But either yeah. way, uh, pass rush. That was really good yesterday. It was really yeah. good. And also, I think a lot of it had to do with the coverage team. You know, that yeah. I don't know what Gus Bradley did. I don't know what he did to 
make it to where this team started covering people a lot better. But uh-huh. this team, th- I mean, Gilmore, Rodgers finally yeah. getting in, making yes. plays, right? Yeah. And, you know, these guys coming in and making plays in the mm-hmm. secondary. I mean, I don't know what changed. I would love to see what uh, – I can't wait for Max to show me some of the things that they changed. But that secondary man did a really fantastic job of limiting some really big plays in that game. Yeah, and that, that's what I was saying, um, you know, when I did my pregame. Secondary has to play great. Um, I said two things need to happen on the defensive side of the ball in order for the Colts to have a chance. One, they have to take away the run game, which they did. Uh, currently, they have allowed the fewest yards per carry in the league. Um, so uh, at 2.6 yards per carry is what they've allowed so far. Um, they needed to take away the run game because it was going to make it more difficult for the Chiefs when it comes to play action and stuff. That was going to take that away. And then the other thing was the secondary is going to have to play great. And they played great yesterday. Uh, everybody did. Uh, Kenny Moore struggled, you know, for sure. Um, you know, there was moments where he struggled, but I thought he improved as the game went on. I thought he, he that, played that like, at least um, nobody was picking him apart. At least yeah. I felt that way. Yeah, he, he played better this week than he did in like the last five games of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for him, including this game. Um but I thought he played pretty good. I thought, you know, like like I said, Rodney Thomas, when he came in, he did a really good job. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, uh, he was fantastic. He was yesterday. fantastic yesterday. Like, I felt like was there was great. only one or two times that I felt he was kind of out of place. But other than that, he was he was money all day. Yeah. And, I, and it was really nice to see him do that. And Gus Bradley mentioned it, that this defense – they're really aiming, you know, and I've seen uh, the Buckeyes kind of have the same philosophy where Here's you want to limit the big plays. Yeah, whatever. Shut up. I'm not trying <laughs> to make fun of your team right now. I can do that anytime I want. Uh, limiting the big plays of like 20 plus yards, right? You want to yeah. try to maintain a game where you only allow five, if not less, big plays per game in order to win uh, the big ones, yeah. right? And that's really what it was. I mean, you look at it, uh, there were only four big plays that really happened in that game yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it was Juju had the 53-yarder down the sideline. I mean, that was just insanely unfortunate. Uh, Bobby was really good in coverage, just the ball just didn't go in his favor, right? Yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey had a 29-yard. But Schuster, after that, only had four catches for 36 yards after mm-hmm. that. So really a non-factor throughout the game. Travis Kelsey, 29-yard catch, one point in the game. It was that first quarter where they got that first score. Again, that was half his yardage on one play. So yeah. he had three catches for 29 yards the rest of the game. Really wasn't much of a factor. Now that right. Scantling had a 24-yarder, again, half of his yardage on one play. And then Noah Gray, 26 yards on that one catch. It was that was the only play he made all day. So the Colts really did a fantastic job of limiting the big plays by yep. Kansas City. Really did a fantastic job of limiting those. And, you know, Sky Moore didn't even have a catch in this game. He actually uh, fumbled the ball once and yes. got taken out very quickly. 
Uh, shout out to some of these defensive players. I mean, Bobby Okereke, uh stepping in in coverage, did a fantastic job yesterday. Like you said, Stephon Gilmore, huge day yesterday. Yes. Rodney McLeod, uh, Rodney McLeod, whose snaps have continuously gone up. We kind of expected that could happen. Nick Cross obviously yep. learned needing to get better. He only played one down yesterday. Uh, very yeah. clear that, you know, the Colts really think he needs a lot more time before he can get back into the game. Uh, and then we talked about some of the guys who were, you know, in the uh, on the defensive line. Isaiah Rogers, even though stat-wise didn't really do fantastic, I felt that introducing him back in uh, really created some mismatches. For a lot of teams, he was able to keep up with the speed of Kansas City's right. wide receivers, which was really awesome. And I think that's where the uh, coverage sacks kind of came into play. Coverage pressures really helped him. Uh, and, you know, again, we dog on Zaire Franklin and his inability to uh, pass protect sometimes. But he did have 12 tackles yesterday. He was yeah. the driving force on that defense yesterday. Had more tackles than anybody else. And, you know, was everywhere on the field yesterday. So shout out mm -hmm. to Zaire Franklin for, again, continuing to be the defensive leader while uh, Shaq Leonard is out for the time being. Right. Yeah. So it was nice to see him and EJ Speed. Yeah, it was great to see him. McLeod get that interception. And also, yeah. um, again, shout out to the special teams as well. Uh, Chase McLaughlin. Two kicks, one from, I think one was from 45 yards out, and the yes. other one was from 51, 51 yards out, nailed both of them. Yes. Uh, I was more nervous for the 45-yarder than the 51-yarder because I don't, I think they said McLaughlin is like 90% from beyond 50 yards, so like he uh -huh. rarely ever misses, but from 40 yeah. plus from 40 to 50 he actually only makes about 60 percent of his kicks which yeah. is kind of funny given the fact that we just got rid of our kicker who was making 50 percent of his kicks from that same exact range so yeah. but nevertheless mclaughlin came in uh did a fantastic job make your kicks that's all we need right making the extra points and hawk three punts yesterday pinned them inside the 20 twice a couple times with inside their own five. So, I mean, you know what? I mean, Matt Hawk has been phenomenal. I mean, that was a fantastic signing by the Indianapolis Colts uh, after losing Sanchez. Sanchez, one of the best punters in the NFL, and you went out and signed a guy who, you know, the Buffalo Bills definitely should have kept. And sure enough, I mean, he's been phenomenal. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. so happy we've gotten him. So special teams again yesterday, fantastic. Kylan Granson recovering a fumble. And, uh, bro, EJ Speed, bro. Dude, you almost pulled you almost pulled a Chris Jones yesterday, and you can't do that, man. No. You no. can't do that. You would have thought, you would have thought, Matt, after what we just saw, the previous drive, right, where Chris Jones had sacked Matt Ryan and then said some crap and then yeah. ultimately gave him a first down because of it. And we were saying there's 24 seconds, right? There's 24 seconds. You're trying, you're thinking, do we touch this back or do we 
uh, kick it short to allow them to return it, right? And the Colts mm-hmm. made the right decision, kicking it short, taking six seconds off the clock and forcing them to return it, knowing your special teams unit has been good this year, and it normally yeah. is good. And then you make a fantastic play, putting them back inside the 15, man. Like inside yeah. the 15-yard line, and then sure enough, EJ Speed gets a flag called on him for unsportsmanlike conduct, and you put them at the 30 instead. So at that point, yeah. you gave you gave Patrick Mahomes 18, 17 seconds to go and make a uh, get 40 yards, and it almost worked. It yep. almost worked. So they are very, very lucky. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, at the end of the day, you'll take those, right? Yeah. I, as soon as I saw that happen, when he got that penalty and the ball was at the 30, it was like, well, there you go. They're going to tie the game. They're going to get the ball in overtime, and they're going to win. That That's how it's going to end because of that 15 yards that uh, we gave them. It was it, it was insane. I I'm so glad we didn't lose off that because yeah, if we were, that was going to be a very disappointing moment for me. Uh, yeah. We'll do another quick ad read here, quick guys, and then we'll start talking about the rest of the games around the league. Be right back, guys. What's going on, everybody? Today I want to talk to you about our sponsor, BetStamp. Now I know what you're thinking, Derek. Another betting app. What is so different about this one now? Well, I got to tell you guys, I'm not into online gambling a whole lot and bets online and everything, but I got to tell you, BetStamp is one of the coolest things I have ever seen in regards to betting online. The great thing about BetStamp is it allows you to see all the different odds from all different sports books and see which one provides you the best odds possible for any game or scenario you want to bet on for your pick versus some of the worst. BetStamp allows you to also buy and sell picks that you have without worrying about losing your money or having any issues with it. Believe me, it's all free. I mean, look at this, guys. You have an option for every game across all different kinds of leagues in a ton of different ways. You have baseball, you have college football, UFC, NBA, and NFL. Great for the NFL season now being here. And if I wanted to bet on this Tennessee Titans versus Buffalo Bills game, it shows me in real time what are the best odds, which sports book I'm going to get the best offer from versus some of the worst ones. Because why would you want to spend what get earn less money from points bet when you could be winning more from ProLine Plus? Again, a great thing that BetStamp offers you, allowing you to make more money for the same pick just with a different sports book. How easy is that? And the great thing is, is there's not just games. There's player props, there's game props, there's lines, there's live tracking. There's a ton of great ways to make bets and picks on BetStamp, guys. Totally a cool thing to use. I highly encourage you to check it out if you're into any kind of online betting. Even if you're not, give it a check. See what you like about it because I think I actually enjoy using it. But the best way to get an edge on online sports betting is having multiple accounts at different sports books. Be sure to Hit the bet link page, betstamp.app slash onboarding. Be sure to check out the betstamp app or online and be sure to use the referral code juice, plug in your state, and you'll get access to all their affiliates and their prices once you open up seeing all states' lines. Be sure to check this out, guys. You won't want to miss it for the best odds on your next sports bet. 
Speaking All right, guys. Betting, awesome. What's uh, up? Speaking of betting, I really regret. I got two things. I really regret not going with the uh, Jelani Woods touchdown bet. That was pretty high. <laughs> that was really high. Uh, that would have given me a nice weekend in Indy. Dude. Down 10 bucks or 100 bucks on it. Telling you um, what, man, I, I I'm uh, I'm pissed that I didn't just like put like two dollars on the Colts betting line, because then if I did, I'd probably been racking in a few few hundred dollars right now. You'd be making some pretty <laughs> good money, but I'm telling yeah. you, the Thursday night football, I was so angry because oh uh, yeah, right, because I, I wasn't it bet. a uh, yeah, wasn't it like um, wasn't it like a six and a half favorite for or the over under like six and a half or something. I, I think so, but I had this like you know parlay, and I always do parlays. And if I would have won, I would have won like seven hundred bucks, like seven hundred some bucks. Been really nice, right? So my you know it was Najee Harris over I think fifty four yards, Nick Chubb over eighty five yards, Mark Cooper over forty six yards, um, David Najoku getting over twenty three. Um, the Steelers tight end getting over 32 yards and then Chase Claypool getting over 35 yards. Yeah. Every so... single one hit every single one hit. And it was just um, Pat Fairmont or whatever his name is. He wasn't doing Fair anything. Move. And I was like, I was like, okay, I'm not going to hit whatever. I'll be fine. Um, Actually, and then he did. Yeah, hit. The... He went over. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to win because Chase Claypool had, over you know 35 yards everybody had over and then he went over in like two plays i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna win this money 700 dollars, <laughs> 727 dollars. let's go then the numbers came in chase claypool went from 41 to 35 and it was 35 and a half, it was 35 and a half. <laughs> I, know, I was just about to say that bro i, I, I saw i don't remember who who i post it. on twitter i, I uh, Pat McAfee betted on the same thing. Yeah, and he was so pissed off, bro. He was, was so furious. pissed that that happened because yeah, on the last play of the game, they tried to do a trick play, and because the the backwards pass came off of Claypool from the six, and because yeah. the Browns picked it up in the end zone, that accounted for six less yards. Yeah, uh, I mean it, it's uh, it was hilarious dude I'm so, i, I I'm tweeted so that out i showed the photo and i just put this is my joker story because literally that's pretty Pat much McAfee. what that browns game came down to right is the the browns you know just doing enough to ruin a lot of people's yeah. bets that like, night pat mcafee needed the uh the browns not to get that touchdown then they would have won all that money i needed chase claypool just to get 36 yards and I would have won the seven hundred dollars, Cortez. I don't know what you're trying to get at, bro. So yeah, but, I uh, was angry. Um, yeah. Here, I'm going to take this phone call real quick. Sounds good. Oh man. Hey, Chris Maker, my guy. What's up, man? What's up? Thank you again to the 172 people watching today. Greatly appreciated, guys. We're about to get into. Uh, some other NFL games around the league this week and talk about some of those once Matt gets back in here. But hey, uh, anybody fans of college football in here? They'll say my team won big. Wonder how the rest of your teams did. I'm not sure what made McAfee happier, the Colts winning or the butt punt. 
bro i'm telling you man he freaking i don't know i i think the uh the butt punt was probably something he's not very happy of oh that was great <laughs> we'll uh. talk about that here in a second that is something that we're going to talk about here and that is the buffalo bills and the miami dolphins we just witnessed history matt we might have seen yeah. the first ever butt punt butt fumble make way for the butt punt yes uh that the was game the, that was the highlight of that game the it punts it from his own end zone hits it off his own player yep. goes out of the back of the end zone it is a safety and the bills had like two minutes to be able to yep. get go down get a field goal they couldn't do it and it resulted in Ken Dorsey absolutely just throwing a massive tirade up in yep. the press box. Uh, I'm assuming everyone has seen that by now. Yes. Uh, but at the end, I'm going to pull it up just for the heck of it yeah. because the guy I had know. to maybe cover the camera because it maybe got so people, bad. Yeah, I know. It's hilarious, dude, because I don't know like why they would have. Um, I don't know like why they would have, but. It I probably, mean, it was is, getting, he probably didn't want it to get much worse on camera. Yeah, I know. But it's like, you know, it's already like, you know, it's already way like past where the, uh, you know, the broadcast yeah. was like, if you didn't want people to see it, then don't, I don't know. It. Maybe they were expecting him know. to like, you know, start removing clothing or something. I yeah. don't know. Or like throwing it at people. I don't, I don't know. Start but, uh, up assistants and stuff. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, start throwing haymakers at people in the lot in the press box. I don't know, but um, yeah. I mean, I think he was extremely pissed. But at the end of the day, I, I don't know why they would have. I would have paid to see the extra like 10, 15 seconds that that tirade went on for. It's not like there was even any audio on it either. Like, yeah. I mean, not like you would. But either way, it was hilarious. Um. I mean, what did you, did you pick the dolphins to win this game or did you pick the bills? I thought the bills were going to win. This was a game though. I was not going to put money on because I, mean, I knew the way. dolphins were going to make it close, but I, I didn't want to be in a situation where the dolphins made it close. And then the bills got a late touchdown and you know, it went past, you know, five and a half, but yeah, no credit to the bills. They look good. Um, they finally, yeah, it's crazy what happens when you add weapons to a team that needs weapons. It's it's really odd, like, when you look at this score, obviously yeah. the score in and of itself is definitely um, very odd with 21-19, but, I mean, yeah. you just look at this from a stat perspective, how in the world could you have possibly told me that the Dolphins won this game? The yeah. Bills... The Bills had 495 total yards versus the Dolphins 212. Yeah. They out they out yardage them by more than double. And yet somehow they lost this game. I don't right. I mean it's incredible. They had over double the passing yards. They had almost triple the rushing yards. Like I would never have expected that from Buffalo. No. How in the absolute world did my, did the Dolphins uh, end up winning this game? They had double the amount of first downs. They were double as efficient on uh, the third down. They were uh, they went for it multiple times on fourth down, still got it. 
they yeah. had all, they had more than double the amount of plays, bro. Like time mm-hmm. of possession, the Bills held the ball for over forty minutes. They yeah. held the ball for over two thirds of that game. That's I mean, crazy. It, it went to show you that regardless of, um, I think what it showed is that even though the Dolphins, the big story right now is that offense and what they can do from a uh, from a uh, absolute miracle of just putting up points. But I think it showed you that like their defense is still really legit too. And that yeah. when it when it came down to it, that feels like a lot of Indianapolis games, right? Where it's mm-hmm. the bend don't break kind of team. You give up all the yardage you want, but just because you get all the yardage doesn't mean you're, it translates into points. And that's really what it feels really? like. Yeah, and I'm looking at the stats right now for the players. And it's not like, uh, you know, Tua had a big game, you know, passing. No, he didn't. I mean, he no, did it was enough only 13 win. of 18. Yeah, but I think what helped was Chase Edmonds, six carries, two touchdowns. Yeah, and well, and it, it also helped that Waddle was the biggest attribute to this team, had four receptions. Yeah. For 102 yards. So every time Waddle touched the ball, it was a huge play that yeah. eventually brought them down the field close enough to where Edmonds could score the final blow. Like that was the biggest, that, that, that was really it. That was it. That was their offense right. was Jalen Waddle making a huge play. And then the, uh, and then Edmonds scoring from like the two yard line and getting some points. That's basically it. And then yeah. on the, uh, I need to take responsibility for the things I said about the Colts. What did I, what did I not take responsibility for? I ate my, I ate my words about what this defense did. I said, they did a fantastic job. The offensive line. That's still true. I mean, what, it, I mean, we literally talked about that for the first hour of this show, but whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, the Bills had the ball for so much of the time, dude. It's absolutely yeah. insane that they did not win this game. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. And you is know, it time they have to declare to the Dolphins as the best team in the NFL right now? <laughs> no, not no? yet. I still think the Bills are better. Um, I just think they made some mistakes. Um, I think uh, Bills. I think Dolphins are definitely the second best in their division. But I think the Chargers, when Herbert's healthy and when they have Keenan Allen's better than the Bills, I think the Chiefs are better than the Bills. Um, the... I still think the Bills are the best team in the NFL. I just think that, you know, they shot themselves in the foot a yeah, couple times just... in that game. And like you said, I mean, that that game, that could have went back and forth yeah. a bunch of different ways, but – I still think, I mean, either way, these two teams are still top five and oh, yeah. each of these yeah. teams still Dolphins have a great five, shot of everything going forward. But Yeah, I think they're better than pretty much everybody in the NFC besides the Eagles. I think the Eagles are the one, one. exception. And the Bengals, the, the Bengals finally get their first win of the season, man. They had the same yep. thing as the Indianapolis Colts. And ironically enough, like these two teams, even though the Bengals score by or won by two possessions – uh, at the end of the day, I mean, these the, these two teams were even stat-wise. Yeah. Practically even the whole way. True. Oh, my gosh, this guy. 
I did not. I did not write this team off. I did not write them off. I said it is very difficult to support them at the moment because of what was happening. Because a lot of things was bad, but I never, I never, uh, I never took this team for granted. I still said I was going to root for this team regardless. I'm not like some other fans who said that they were going to cheer for another team uh, after this game. So I wasn't right. one of them. So yeah, I do have I to hop off in five minutes. So I will say. I do have to hop off in about five minutes. I got okay. some groceries heading to the house. I got to go get. Of course you are. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, let me see. And I got to go buy some breadsticks later today, too. Of course you do. Um, okay. So uh, let's just get it done real quick then and we'll end the show. Uh, okay. Raiders versus the Titans. Titans get their first win. Raiders. Uh, apparently, Josh McDaniels had a closed door meeting with. Mark Davis, the owner, after this, starting 0-3. Is it time to hit the panic button on the Raiders right now? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I could have told you when he got hired, anybody that hires Josh McDaniels is going to regret it because he's a really bad coach. Things started off well in Denver, but he, he's, what, like 5-2? and 20 or something like that? Uh, they said he's 1-11 and 11, uh, one and 11? as a coach. Yeah, yeah as, uh, not, over his last, like, 12 games, yeah. He's just not a good head coach. You had that Tebow magic when he was there. That, that's the only reason why his record is as good as it is. He's just not a good coach. So, thankfully, the Colts <laughs> never got him. You guys can hate Frank Reich all you want, but at least we don't have Josh McDaniels. I agree with this, Cody, 100%. <laughs> Panthers beat the Saints. Yeah. Can't say I'm surprised. The Saints are really banged up right now. Right. Uh, and the Panthers just were a little less banged up. So uh, I fully understood how that was going to go down. Uh, glad to see McCaffrey had a semi-decent game, and but he didn't have a great one. Uh, right. But uh, Ravens versus the Patriots. Close game through the majority of it, but man. I mean, Lamar Jackson is reminding some people who he is, man. He's yeah. leading the league right now in passing yards uh, or actually in touchdowns and in passer rating. Uh, I mean, Lamar's betting on himself right now, man. And I'm telling you what, he might, if he keeps this pace up the whole time, he's probably going to get that new contract that he wants. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be with Baltimore. I hope it isn't. I hope he ends up being a free agent, you know. I can think yeah. of a team that would come love to Indy. have them. Come uh, to yeah, Indy. come here. We'll pay you the money. <laughs> if we have to trade a couple players to free up the money, we'll do it. Come on, Indy. Uh, Lamar. Hey, I'm down for that. Yeah, <laughs> He's thank playing you. the way that he is right now. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he's yeah. he's playing really good football right now. Vikings uh, over the Lions. That was uh, tip or tap right there. Yeah, I'm glad the Vikings actually won that one. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles versus the Commanders. Eagles with another commanding win over yeah. uh, Carson Wentz, who was sacked eight times in that game. Crazy. Absolutely insane. Uh, are the Eagles for real? Yeah, I think they're the best team in the NFC right now. I, I think Green Bay can become that, but I think at this moment in the first three weeks, I, I think it's Philly. Philly's the best team. Uh, oh, Bears. please don't say that us and them. Please don't yeah. say that. They have the money too. That's the thing. They probably right. have the money. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, Bears over the Texans. I'm Thank glad you, I picked that one. Thank I you, said the, the Bears will win this game because they can run the football and the Texans can't stop the run. Yeah. So that's what happened. That's the reason the Bears won is because they can run the football. So Herbert. that's a good back. Yeah. And then obviously the Jaguars, man, just absolutely stomped the Chargers. Now, yes. again, I understand they, you know, they're in a situation right now where, you know, the Chargers were not even close to being healthy at all. Like their best right. position players, a lot of them were really hurt. But yeah. I mean, are the Jaguars like actually good? I mean, I think so. <laughs> they they held it their own against the Commanders. They be, they mollywopped the Colts and the Chargers. I yep. mean, this is a different Jags team than what we're used to. Yeah, they honestly should be three and out right now. Yeah, like they they really should be, um, which is insane to think about. Yeah, like they're they're good. Um, can this carry on throughout the season? I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll see if Trevor Lawrence can continue playing good football like he has been. But yeah, they're good. They uh, made a look. We we joked around about them paying Christian Kirk all that money. You know, we we joked about them bringing all these really guys. Good for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he he's been a number one receiver for them. Um, so yeah, they they really are. Um, and us and them brought it up in the uh, comments. Uh, Jacksonville plays against Philly this upcoming yeah. week. That's gonna be a good game. Um, so go Philly, please, Nick <laughs> Sirianni, do something good for us. Right. One uh, more Rams thing for us. Cardinals. Uh, that yeah. one I expected nothing yes. crazy happening in that game. Uh, Packers and Buccaneers, another week of the Buccaneers just struggling offensively, obviously missing Mike Evans and mm-hmm. a bunch of other receivers at this point. So, you know, right. Packers were able to scrap it out. I mean, it's a really low scoring one. Falcons pull off the upset there 27, 23. I called that. I felt like the Falcons deserved that win last week against the Rams and they were looking for that one. And then the 49ers and Broncos yesterday, that might've been the most uninteresting, interesting game ever. Yeah. That put me to sleep. Dan Orlovsky finally feels some freedom with Jimmy G now being another (laughs) quarterback who has fallen victim to running out of bounds in their own end zone. Yep. Yeah. He did that. (laughs) And then he threw a pick six. On that exact in the same, same play exact play, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So in the grand scheme of things, the safety was actually the better, the better yeah. option. Uh, before I let you go, though, who do you have winning tonight, the Cowboys or the Giants? Taking the Giants, I'm Taking a believer. I think everyone is, and you know what? I'm not going with them. I'm going okay. with the Cowboys because I just think they won last week against. The, the Bengals, I think that the Giants are going to kind of come back to reality a little bit. I don't know how, I don't know if they've faced a team that, you know, is going to get pressure on Daniel Jones yet. I think Micah Parsons has, you know, been electric. Mm-hmm. I think the Cowboys are just playing harder under Cooper Rush as well. So I think this is the one time that the Cowboys pull off the upset. So I really hope so. People they wanted Jimmy G. What's, what's, what's so wrong about Jimmy G? Okay, he had one bad game. It's not even like that's the only time that's ever happened. Yeah, he's just a, you know, cheap version of Matt Ryan. 
Very true. I'm sure the 49ers are very happy that they kept him. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're very happy that he was still sticking around. It was funny during that game. They said they showed a clip of uh, him uh, saying goodbye to all the 49ers reporters because he figured that was going to be his last time ever putting on the uniform. And sure enough, nope, they're here. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this stream, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, We'll try to make sure we have another uh, good one. Uh, Matt, you available for tomorrow to do the same thing? Uh, I mean, I'll probably be asleep till like four, but I probably (laughs) probably could do it after five. All right. Well, uh, we'll see. We'll see what we can do. Uh, I'll make sure to keep up with you on that, but... Thank you guys again so much for tuning in. Greatly appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed. And as always, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.